here. Thank you all for coming out on um, such short notice. If you haven't silenced your cell phones, please do so now. Uh, format for the press conference, Chancellor Cartwright and Director of Athletics Jim Sturk will both uh, read a statement. And after that, we will go directly to questions. We would ask you to raise your hand. We've got RJ and we've got Ashley over there, and they will both uh, be helpful in getting the mics to you uh, for questions. So with that, Chancellor Cartwright, I will turn the stage over to you. Thank you, Nick. Um, you know, we wish we were meeting with you under better circumstances. Uh, today's decision was certainly disappointing, uh, but in fact uh, appalling to have this type of conclusion uh, to this process. The NCAA Infractions Appeal Committee simply decided uh, to go ahead and uh, just uphold those sanctions that were in place. We feel this is inconsistent with many other decisions that we've seen. We are concerned about what it means for moving forward for all of the membership of the NCAA in terms of how do we manage compliance issues. The NCAA in this decision has made it difficult for us to determine what should be done whenever there is a compliance case. The worst part about all of this is the amount of hurt that this does to our student athletes. They've worked hard. They've spent their lives here getting ready for this, to be at this institution. They've worked hard whilst they're here. And to hear a student athlete who had a dream of playing in their postseason, playing in their senior year, playing postseason in their sport and not being able to, that is at a minimum frustrating. It hurts. It hurts all of us. And my heart certainly breaks for them. As I said before, this decision really creates a situation where the NCAA system, I'm not sure if it is currently encouraging or discouraging compliance and integrity. We certainly have exhausted our NCAA appeals process, but we will continue to push for meaningful and substantive reform of NCAA uh, processes when it comes to compliance. We know we're not alone in that, that there are many other institutions that feel similarly. We are extremely grateful to our fans, to our student athletes, our alumni, to everyone who stood with us during this entire time for well over a year and a half, they have stood with us in this process. We know that it took us almost 19 weeks to receive a decision from the Appeals Committee. And during that time, we had unwavering support in our efforts to continue to do things with the highest integrity possible.
and our fans were extremely supportive of the fact that we really did need to make this decision right. We stand committed to always doing what is right. It is sometimes difficult to do what's right. And sometimes you're not rewarded for doing what's right. But we will continue to do what's right. It's what we instill in our students. It's what we want our faculty to do. It's what we want our staff to do. And we'll continue to stand for those principles. I've had a lot of questions, you know, about what can people do to help us? And what can they do to support us? Continue to do what you've been doing. Support us. Support our student athletes. Show up at games. Fill seats. And let everybody know that you understand that Mizzou stands for what is right. And you'll always support what is right. At this time, I'll stop there. And I'd like to hand it off to our athletic director, Jim Stark. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Alex. Last night when we received our decision, obviously disappointed, and then shock quickly set in, and now I'm just angry. I'm angry because of our student athletes and coaches who were so wrongly impacted by this decision from the Appeals Committee and the Committee on Infractions. The NCA has proven Again, it cannot effectively serve its membership and the student-athletes it's supposed to protect. The decision today is just wrong. This decision, has it's been a three-year ordeal for us, and even 19 weeks just waiting for appeal for no decision. There should be similar results with similar cases regardless of when the case entered the enforcement system. No one can look at the Missouri case and the Mississippi State cases, which have almost identical violations, and say that common sense was used. There was no logic in today's decision and result. This ruling is another example of frustration for our membership, of the NCA being consistently inconsistent. The University of Missouri spent hundreds of hours we, we did interviews, we investigated, we reviewed records, and collaborated with the enforcement staff, and this is the outcome we received. Mizzou and the NCA enforcement staff determined it was one rogue part-time tutor who was responsible. We had student-athletes sit out of remaining eligibility, we had four of those, and received credit for exemplary cooperation from the NCA staff. We did everything to fully meet the NCA's expectations for Division I membership, while also being cited for a robust compliance program by the NCA staff. So now the NCA is penalizing 180 of our football, softball, and baseball student-athletes and does not allow them an opportunity to compete in postseason this year. I ask to the membership, to Dr. Emmert, to the NCA staff, where is the justice in that? The NCA had an opportunity to make it better. Our student athletes on all our campuses deserve better. 
We have outstanding student-athletes that are representing our programs. We have and will continue to believe in our core values of respect, integrity, gratitude, humility, and together. And together we're going to move forward. We're going to compete for championships, but we will always win it right. Thank you. Before we go to questions, if anybody, Christian uh, has some copies of the comparison with uh, Mississippi State, if anyone's interested in that. And we will uh, open the floor for questions. Please raise your hand and get a microphone to you. Andy. How's it going, guys? Uh, so you guys are, you know, what, potentially if Mizzou gets a six-win going to a bowl that, that you're losing out on, you know, six, ten million dollars. How does the school anticipate making up for, for that lost revenue that, that you guys could have had? Uh, we we will uh, help the athletics department to get through that, um, uh, most likely through a loan process. Okay. They'll have to pay us back. Yeah. So the university will pay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to help them with that during the no, budget crisis. No, it would be a budget move as far as us being able to utilize some resources, but it'll be a, a payback method. So we'll, I think the well, the athletics department did it when the the move from the Big Twelve, mm -hmm. similar to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jim, what if you could go back to the beginning of this process? What would you do differently that may have changed the way the process went? I don't, I don't think I'd do anything differently. I, I think we did everything right. Um, where it fell apart was with the NCA staff and the organization. For Chancellor Cartwright. For Chancellor Cartwright, uh, could you elaborate on why you feel this could make it difficult to determine how to handle future compliance issues? You know, if you look at what we did, um, we acted with the highest integrity. We immediately self-reported. Um, we opened up completely to the NCAA enforcement staff, worked with them, went through the process. We received exemplary cooperation throughout this entire process. And in the end, we received sanctions that others with comparable cases did not receive at all. That creates a truly chilling effect on compliance because people look at this and wonder if we do that what will happen do you believe that the NCAA uh, denied your appeal or have you been told uh, based on its merits or institutionally that they believe that they couldn't make a change if you look at our statement um, we reference a, a section uh, from uh, their decision where they talk about um, the membership needing to consider certain discrepancies and differences in, in terms of uh, a precedent uh, and other uh, ways that you would weigh into a decision on a, on a case. And we feel that they had the authority to make a decision, but they chose to say that the membership needs to consider this. Um, that, I think, uh, they should have taken that on themselves and made a decision that was the right thing uh, to do. Um, if certainly, if I have a committee at the university and we know that there's an injustice that could happen potentially because of particular uh, processes that are in place, I would want them to bring that to me and say, look, there's a real concern here. 
uh, we may want to think about doing this differently, and, and that's what I would hope the Appeals Committee would do. Board Chancellor Cartwright and, and Jim, you guys have presented this as a potential landmark discussion about compliance uh, nationally, and, and I know, know there are other programs that are we're watching this as a touch point in this discussion. You guys have said it could be a chilling effect. You've also said you will continue to do, you know, what is what is right. What that, that can it be both ways? What is the alternative to this if if this is you know, compliance doesn't work. What is the alternative? What has to be done? You know, that's a great question. I think that's the one for, for the membership of where we want to go from here. I, I think that our um, our athletic directors, our presidents and chancellors and commissioners um, need to collectively decide where we want to go. And I, I think because the current system is broken. Jim, what, what kind of we saw Commissioner Sankey's statement today, but what kind of support do you feel like you received from the league in, in this whole matter and getting this resolved as quickly as you can? Uh, from the very start, they were there with us. They um, advised us. We um, notified them as soon as, as, soon as um, we found out that there was a violation that when, when um, uh, our tutor, Kumar, um, mentioned it to a staff member, we reported it. Um, when when she tried to hold us hostage, we we already we told her we already had t told the SEC and the NCA on it. So there was no, nothing to hold us hostage over or, or try to leverage us. So um, we did that from the start, and 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 the SEC has been supportive. Um, William King has been involved in these dis decisions. I think he served on the appeals committee previously, or or the NCA infractions committee, and so he's had experience. Also, as an attorney, and and so they've been they've been very helpful, and and Commissioner Sankey has has been supportive as well. This has been a, a fine line for you for you all to walk because you've cooperated, but also pushed back against the initial sanctions and had the Make It Right campaign. Do you do you all feel that you were punished for speaking out along the process um, after the initial sanctions came out? You know, um, when you when you think about differing opinions, reasonable minds can differ. And we did it respectfully, but we had a difference of opinion in the outcome. And I think it was our responsibility to make it very clear that we did not agree with the outcome. Um, it was important that people understand that and that we continue to push forward throughout the entire appeals process uh, that we have that uh, 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 changed and and for in our favor, um, I don't know if it played a role. Okay. Obviously, it's a lot of disappointment with the final decision and everything. But is is there a sense of relief, or did they communicate anything at all in terms of why it took so long for the 19 weeks as you guys mentioned? There is no um, no uh, information of why it took 19 weeks to basically stay the decision. Um, that. Uh, you can only speculate. I, I haven't heard anything from them. Um, no, it's it, it's not relief of moving on. It's it's really this is a really hurtful um, decision that that's a that's a blow um, because it impacts so many student athletes. It's yeah. it's really when 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 our coaches excuse me when our coaches are talking to kids that that have eligibility left that their senior year and they can't go to postseason play 
It's really, really difficult. Jim, I know you're really confident about the appeal that it would be overturned in your favor when you first uh, filed it. The uh, Infractions Appeals Committee said that Mizzou didn't show um, the analysis or rationale, failed to consider mitigating factors, all those things. Do you feel like you presented the strongest possible case to the Appeals Committee? I think we did. I think we, we showed precedent. We showed where we felt the decision was was wrong. I think where the crux of it, as, as Chancellor Cartwright said, I think the Appeals Committee came to a point and they, they said, well, we, we can't overturn it because it's, it's in this matrix. And why in the heck do you have an appeals uh, process if, if they can't overturn a decision like that, where there's um, exemplary cooperation? And, and they've shown. And I think I had hoped with the Mississippi State case that they had circled back. I think the, you know, people have asked about the North Carolina case. Did that have an impact? I think it probably did. I think we were the next case up after that, and those folks on the Committee on Infractions, um, they had a strong opinion of what should have happened with the North Carolina case, and and then we were the next case up. But that's all speculation. How did how did your conversations with the with the coaches of the individual teams go after you found out about the decision? I think all three devastated. Yeah, it was. Um, we had to. We the timing of it. We had um, with with it coming right on the heels of uh, or on the uh, uh, the heels of Thanksgiving. Were um, were we had to make phone calls. We had to do for softball and baseball. Um, Nick and I were able to make football meeting today. Um, Coach Odom did a great job of, of just talking and focusing on um, that they've been dealing through adversity all year, that they needed to focus on um, on the next four days and preparing for Arkansas. For either one of you, I think you said that you've exhausted the appeals process. You know there are fans out there wanting lawsuits leaving the NCAA? I mean, is there anything beyond talking to other institutions at your disposal at this point? I can be, I, I, I've asked uh, a firm, you know, about it. I asked them six months ago. Uh, if this is not overturned and the wrong decision comes out, what legal recourse do we have? I asked them after the Mississippi State case, is there precedent? Can, it, can that impact it? And, and this was a firm that represented North Carolina and UNC or North Carolina State and just a very experienced firm and they they said unfortunately not there's no legal recourse that we have so we I will continue uh, to push for reform um, you know I think we owe it uh, to the membership as a whole we owe it to our fellow SEC schools that we push for the reform that makes our our entire process better ben? How much do you think that, I guess, the uncertainty around this this case kind of impacted the football team this year and kind of not? Yeah. I, I think Coach Odom and the team did a good job of trying to, to focus on each game. Um, but it was, uh, I liken it to, you know, a hangover, just staying with you and to the next day. And 
um, even though you you try to put it out of your mind, it's always always there. So I I think it definitely had a negative impact, and for it to go and every week added more emphasis onto that. Jim, you've been doing this a long time, and you've been a part of the NCAA yeah. for a long time. It's different for you to say you think the system is broken than it is for someone who's not an active part of this. Um, it, how has, it hurts. How has this, this process changed your opinion of the organization and, and what needs to change? And also, do you think more people in your position need to come forward and talk about this? Because usually what we hear is the opposite of what you're saying now. I... I think there's there's a lot of talk and and um, we have there's a lot of disgruntled disgruntled people in the membership and um, where we go from here I don't I don't know but I I think like Chancellor Carter like there needs to be reform in the system to gain back some credibility um, the the credibility uh, you know I'm, every day every week I think. Uh, <coughs> kept eroding on, on this case. Obviously now a little bit of spotlight is on Mizzou because of this case. For anyone that's watching or listening, what, in your opinion, what is the Mizzou brand now and you know, how, do, how does it go forward with everything that's happened over this case? You, you I'll, I'll, I'll take the first part and jump you, in. You, can, you can get <laughs> on it. Too. You know, um, we've, we've talked a lot about what it means to be Mizzou. Uh, we're Midwest. We work hard. We have great ethics. We have integrity. That's our brand. It's about how we continue to do what we feel is right. And yeah, sometimes it may not work out, but you continue to do what's right. And I think, I, I hope that lots of people would love to be part of an institution that stands for those values. And, and I think Chancellor Cartwright, within six months, had captured uh, we're the University for Missouri. And and I, I really take that seriously as far as the athletics program. We represent the the state of Missouri, and and we're going to do it in the right way. We're going to compete for championships, but we're going to do it right, and we're going to have quality individuals leading our programs and and student athletes that that people want to be around and and uh, feel good about representing Missouri. So I think our brand is strong, uh, and we're only going to get stronger. Jim, how, if at all, does this impact any evaluation of the football program and a barrier that you'll do after the season is over? It's this is completely separate. Although, you know, as I said, Barry has done a really good job. We're focusing on on this today, and and after the season, um, we'll talk about that. Jim, right here. Um, how were the, the student-athletes that, that were caught cheating in this case, how were they held accountable? So uh, the ones that had eligibility remaining sat out. So softball, baseball, and a couple football players sat out of games two year, over two years ago. Uh, and so they, they sat out, and, then, uh, and that was in cooperation and agreement with the enforcement staff of the NCAA. I guess there is there's a lot of talk about the, the postseason ban, but how surprised were you that none of the I guess recruiting restrictions or any of the other penalties were, were lessened? Very surprised because they had nothing to do with the case. There was there was no correlation to 
recruiting to scholarships, you know, e even the scholarship, those are impacting opportunities for, for student athletes. So um, they basically went through and uh, the matrix and, and hit on every, every facet of the matrix. How can kind of some of those penalties have lingering effects beyond <laughs> Um, I think we're, we're working with compliance and, and the coaches. We had a strategy session today with the football coaches on, on the recruiting and the calendar and um, trying to minimize them as much as we can. But it, it does have an effect. The scholarships probably more. That, you know, to get back, it, it takes you a while, especially in football, because you only have 25 scholarships. But I, I, I think, um, you know, it's important that you know the postseason ban is is this year. It's not for recruiting in the future, and so that shouldn't impact our ability to to sign kids and and for them to come. You know, and as an institution, we're always looking out for what's best for our students. And not having the ability to give scholarships to some of these students may mean that they may choose to go other places. And I hope they do have other opportunities. But there are a lot of students who depend on scholarships, and we don't have that. We don't have a way to give those scholarships, and they're going to miss those opportunities. And that's what we worry about all the time. Why do you think you guys were singled out with different penalties than MSU? They went through a different process. That was the, the and, and it's a newer process. They came after our case. Um, is it summary disposition? No, it's, is that the, the term it's the other we, we were trying to go through summer negotiation negotiated resolution is the new term and a new process so um, that came after we, it wasn't available to us um, we had tried to do a summary disposition with the enforcement staff but the committee on infractions picked our case out and I think uh, what I said previously that maybe they they wanted an academic case you know your question gets to our confusion Right, is that what is different? Uh, if you line up those two cases, extremely similar, and yet the outcomes are drastically different. That's why it's so difficult for us to explain this to our student athletes, our coaches, our fans, and others. Um, so that's that is a big part of the challenge. Okay. Jim, other than the, the eight-page public ruling that, that we see, do you get much more feedback at all from? Any no, no. members or anybody, no. or are you just basically reading what we read? That's we, that's what we receive. Yes. Is that that's that's frustrating? That's more true. Yeah. So that you can't get more feedback on the process. There's probably a few questions I'd like to have answered. And there's no way. To, there's no recourse for it. When you look at California's 2023 law, saying that you know players should be able to make money in things, when you see this case and other cases, how does that change the NCAA in your mind? as far as their brand. You've talked about what you're doing to maintain your brand, but how does it change their brand? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know where that's going. You know, I, I think that yeah. it's, uh, um, it, it's, we've had a recommendation of principal, guiding principles from a, a committee that worked on that, the name, image, and likeness, and, mm -hmm. and there's going to be discussion at the conference level and then from that, legislation will, uh, will come up through the through the membership. Um, so I'm not sure where it, where it's going exactly, uh, but it's probably a year and a half away from having any kind of change as far as what 
what we deal with on a daily basis. Chancellor, Jim said he wouldn't do anything different throughout the process. If you go back to the beginning, is, is there anything you feel could have changed the outcome or that you would do differently if Missouri found this, itself in this position again? You know, I can't think of anything right now that we would do differently. If we found out that something was happening, we would immediately self-report, right? We would immediately work with the, infra the uh, uh, enforcement staff. staff. Yeah. We would do all the things that we did. We would certainly hope that uh, we'd get a different outcome that time. So you both would yeah. choose to cooperate again? If it's, 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 it's the right thing to do. It, it's an NCA rule. Yeah. So, been any conversations with uh, Mike Lazier at all uh, about the outcome and if it changes his compensation at all? Um, conversations, yes. Um, obviously, he and and actually, I think he's available um, for questions from people if you if you want to access him. I think Steve Owens in the back has a contact, or I can get it for you. But um, no, nothing on the compensation. You mentioned that you got a call last night uh, with the decision. Who called you, and what kind of did that come? Who like who's in charge of communicating that with you? No, it's a, it's a it's a, a letter basically. I'll re I'll receive. So you didn't really have a chance to like respond or anything. Oh, there's no response. Yeah, yeah. And I guess who were the like? Did you immediate? Do you immediately tell the coaches, or what's kind of the first step? Yeah. We tried to. Takes a little bit to go through what is the, you know, what's what's the impact, and then um, yeah, we let the, the coaches know, and then determined on timing of how we can. Uh, there's a rule also that we can't um, promote or let people communicate. communicate it publicly of when when the decision comes out. So we have to be careful about that, and and uh, just wanted to make sure we did it right. I know this is early, but is, is your mind to, to lead a charge for some sort of, of reform here? Um, do you think some of the athletic directors, other in, in NCAA, who are agreeing with some of the things you're saying today would be willing to make this a priority in trying to, to make some, some sort of changes here? I, I think that it'll, it'll definitely be a topic of conversation. Um, and and with, with the membership, it already is. Um, with with the members, with the commissioners, and uh, hopefully working with the NSA staff to make it better. Yeah. Last chance. Again, thank you all for coming out today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Kill ourselves. <laughs> There's two.